The Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by Wingbet. Wingbet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports bank and casino play. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, sports from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. We have what you need. Sign up today and you'll receive a special offer. Risk-free $500 sports bet. Download Bet and Win. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We'll support you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's Prop swap.com and the promo code SGP. We'll also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up at underdogfantasy.com with the promo code SGPN and receive a free $25 entry to use in Best Ball Mania 2 for a chance to win $1 million. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app in the App Store or the Google Play Store today. I'm over the moon. Um, you know, to come, and, to come and play for a club like Man City is... Um, it's obviously massive, you know, for, for me personally. Um, it was obviously a difficult, a difficult few months because, you know, I think I've obviously been at Aston Villa for my whole life. Um, but, um, you know, when I spoke to to the manager here, um, and you see, you know, what type of players that they've got here. Um, in the end, you know, it was something that uh, that I couldn't say no to. Um, and yeah, I'm absolutely delighted to be here. So you're leaving Villa after 19 years, it's a very long time. So how important is it for you to be joining a club where you've got some familiar faces from the England setup? Yeah, yeah, that helps massively. Um, you know, we, we speak anyway when we're when we're away at England about our our own clubs and stuff. And um, you know, uh, the likes of Stones, Raz, Phil, uh, and Walks, you know, had nothing but good words to say. You know, whenever whenever it's been mentioned. Um, but yeah, obviously, you know, I'll, I'll get to know everyone. Um, I've obviously played against City a lot. Uh, I've never really been successful. Uh, you know, I've, I've had a few pumpings by them. Um, so you know, it'd be nice to nice to be to be playing with them. Yeah, Jack Grealish moving to Manchester City for a hundred million pounds. We'll talk about that shortly. We thought that was going to be the biggest thing on this show to talk about. Turns out. It's actually not. Uh, this was the statement that was attached to that. Uh, despite FC Barcelona and Lionel Messi having reached an agreement and the clear intention of both parties to sign a new contract today, this cannot happen because of Spanish La Liga regulations on player registration. As a result of this situation, Messi shall not be staying on at FC Barcelona. Both parties deeply regret that the wishes of the players and the club will ultimately not be fulfilled. FC Barcelona wholeheartedly expresses its gratitude to the player for his contribution to the aggrandizement of the club and wishes him all the very best for the future in his personal and professional life. Some Spanglish there uh, to start us off. Uh, Gab, as someone who's not surprised by much, you were surprised by this. Um... I was surprised by it uh, at first because I told myself, wait a minute, you knew what the salary cap was. You, you've you been talking to Messi, you've been saying for months that this is your, your number one priority is getting him signed. So you knew how much you, he, he wanted, you knew what he could, for, uh, could afford. You ended up committing north of 50 million uh, in US dollars on uh, wages and 9 million euros for Emerson and then wages of, of, of Eric Garcia and Aguero and Memphis Depay. 
did you do your sums wrong? I mean, I, that floored me. But then I looked at it a little bit closer, and and already the reports are coming out. This is basically a power play. There's a lot more that, that, that that's going on here. It has to do with the, the deal that was uh, struck between uh, Javier Tebas, uh, the, the chief of La Liga, and CVC Capital Partners, which is a private equity group, which has agreed in principle, but has yet to be approved by the clubs, a, a deal to, to, whereby they get 10% of Liga revenues in exchange for injecting around $3.2 billion in La Liga. Um, probably has a little bit to do with the Super League as well. Maybe has a little bit to do with, uh, with, with, with Laporta basically saying, okay, yeah, look, we're, Messi is really important to La Liga. You have all these grand plans. Even if we're out a little bit relative to the salary cap, you got to meet us halfway, dude. You got to help us out. You got to be a little bit flexible here. Um, that was my first reaction. It's a lot easier to, to blame Tebas and La Liga than it is maybe to suggest that you got your sums wrong or you couldn't get a deal done with Lionel Messi. So that's it, Jules. This is just a massive game of bluff. But that's, that's the first thing I thought is is Barcelona bluffing and that statement and the way he came so quickly after that that meeting today between Jorge Messi, Leo Messi and, and Joan Laporta as well. That we, we know that was a tense meeting. We know that there were clearly some disagreement as well. Uh, and, and so soon after that, to almost end it like this, ending, ending 21 years of the greatest player of all time, marriage with, with one of the greatest team and club of all time as well I thought was just okay this is the poker game starting and I think I see many poker games here I see one between Barcelona and La Liga and as, as well we saw what Real Madrid came up with later in the day and you could add Real Madrid to Barcelona against La Liga like Gab uh, very well explained I think it's also a poker game between Laporta and the Messi family and the Messi clan we know that they don't agree on commissions that Barcelona would have to pay to the Messi family and that could also be a big problem and I think the fact that Barca came out first put also some pressure on the Messi clan and the Messi family. So I just I can see these come the, the guard the game guards everywhere, and I, I, that's why I still think that Messi would end up staying. Yeah, two crazy stories. We were supposed to be doing a show here about this weekend's Community Shield and the two Olympic finals, and suddenly we have. Two stories here with Jack Grealish moving to Manchester City for a hundred million pounds and uh, Lionel Messi leaving Barcelona after it was pretty much settled that he would be staying at Barcelona. For the Messi one, that's where we'll start because he is the greatest player in the world in the eyes of some people, most people. Um, I think it's pretty obvious games are being played here. I think uh, Messi is as important to La Liga as he is to Barcelona. We did a poll here. What league do you want us to cover here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast? Serie A ended up winning. La Liga was third with the Bundesliga in second place, which we'd covered for a year and a half. So La Liga got nowhere because it is a league that is fading away. Now, La Liga's just done new TV deals. They really want to get themselves back to where they were. There's a possibility that next summer, Real Madrid could be signing 
both Kylian Mbappe and Paul Pogba who are available for free and have expressed a desire to play for Real Madrid. So Real Madrid are going to re-strengthen. Atletico are the champions at the moment. This is the time for Barcelona to get back on track. They need Lionel Messi this season. They've made signings around him with the likes of Depay and Aguero. We've seen Pedri have good competitions this summer. We've got Ansu Fati coming back. Yes, they may be a little bit weak at the back, but that's never been an issue with Barcelona because they've always just tried to outscore you. Score you, And I don't think that's going to work in the Champions League and it never has. And I don't think Messi's going to win a Champions League again with Barcelona. But I do think they have a big opportunity of winning back the La Liga title this season. Not without Messi, though. I don't think they'll be able to do it without Messi. But for some reason, I still think he'll stay like the journalist that we just heard. And um, what's strange is, as soon as this story's come out, negotiations have seemingly began with PSG. Now, that doesn't make too sense to, too much sense to me if these two parties are playing games. And the third party there actually being Messi's, Messi's uh, family as well. So there's three parties involved here and one party are apparently negotiating with PSG. Now, PSG are now the favourites in the market here at 4-5 to five minus 125. But under any other circumstance, when you have a massive team like PSG coming in and open opening up negotiations. They're one of the only teams that can afford him as far as his wages go. The other would probably be Manchester City and I think the third one would be Man United. So that pretty much blows away all of the other teams. And one of these three teams that can get him being with being uh, PSG, City and United. And United have already spent a load of money on Varane and Sancho. We've got a £100 million transfer for Grealish who also plays pretty much in the same position as Messi, a position that City has stacked in. So it makes me surprised they even signed Grealish. More on that later so they really don't need Messi and um, Manchester United I don't think are going to be able to sign Messi with the position that they're in at the moment the fact they haven't won a league title since back in 2013 I don't know whether Messi will want to come to Man U so it really does just leave PSG and PSG are looking very very strong to win the Champions League this season that's what Messi wants to do but why are they only a 4-5 minus 125 favourite when he's free to go it seems completely done at Barcelona there's only three teams that can afford him. Two of them have spent mega money this summer already and the other one, the third team have now come to the table. It seems like he should definitely be going to PSG but the market doesn't suggest that because something fishy is going on here. It does feel like a game and for me it still feels like Messi could end up playing for Barcelona this season. He may not make the start of the season because La Liga starts the same weekend as the Premier League because I feel this will drag on but I think by by the time September comes around, you could be seeing Messi still playing there. I could be wrong. And if I am wrong, that means he's gone to Paris Saint-Germain and that will make them ridiculously strong next season when you're looking at a front three of uh, Mbappe, Neymar and Messi playing in the Farmers League as well. The goals they're going to score is going to be ridiculous. They've just added uh, Wijnaldum to their midfield. They've just added uh, Sergio Ramos to their back line. They've just added Donnarumma, the best goalkeeper at Euro 2020 as, as their goalkeeper. Don't even know if he's going to be the first choice yet. So this team is looking absolutely ridiculous and um, that's if they've got Messi with or without Messi they're going to be big contenders for the Champions League this season but my problem with them is as always that um, they don't really have a league to compete compete in so when the Champions League comes around it is a little bit of a shock to the system as for Jack Grealish my opinions on this transfer are very clear 
Um, I think this is a bad move for Jack Grealish. Um, I don't understand his signing here from Manchester City. Uh, if you sign Grealish, can you then realistically go out and get Harry Kane? You sold Sergio Aguero to Barcelona, so Harry Kane was the like-for-like replacement. He should have been the number 10 here at this club. The number 10 shirt, shirt has gone to Jack Grealish. That tells me that Manchester City aren't in the market for Harry Kane. It's a, they did make a bid for him initially, an initial bid of $100 million, but there has been no second and third bid with Daniel Levy holding out for $160 million. Instead, they've gone out and bought Jack Grealish, another attacking midfield player. Now they have Jack Grealish, they have Mares, they have Sterling, they have uh, Fernando Torres, um, Fernand Torres, they have uh, Kevin De Bruyne. They have um, Bernardo Silva. They have all of these players there already at Manchester City. Phil Foden. So how are you going to get all of these players in? Gabriel Jesus is the only recognised striker at the club. I feel like they are now going to play a false nine every single week. Uh, with that probably being Raheem Sterling to start the season. Because I just cannot see uh, Gabriel Jesus getting in ahead of any of these players. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if you go with an all-English front three to start the season of uh, Grealish, Foden and Raheem Sterling with no out-and-out striker there. I don't think that's going to work. It'll work most weeks because Manchester City are head and shoulders above most of the teams in the Premier League. But I don't think this is going to win you a Champions League. I don't think Jack Grealish is going to be happy in a rotation system with the likes of uh, Mares needing to come in and get their minutes. Bernardo Silva needing to come in and get his minutes. Um, I think that's going to be disruptive to Grealish, who's used to being a key player, who's used to getting a lot of the ball and is used to being a massive influence every single week. Well, we know the guy that makes Manchester City tick, tick is called Kevin De Bruyne. We know that when De Bruyne was out last season, Gundogan came in and did a an unbelievable job in, repress, in uh, replacing Kevin De Bruyne. So... I don't think Grealish is going to settle here. I think it's going to be very, very difficult for him to come in and out of the team and to make an impact. I think it's going to be difficult for him not to be a key man. I think it's going to be difficult for him not to get not to get um, not to get as much of the ball. And I don't think it's going to be a good signing. I just don't think it's going to work out for one hundred million pounds. I don't think you're going to get a hundred million pounds worth. Um, and I saw a good analogy put out, and this isn't me being a bit of Man United fan because we weren't interested in Jack Grealish. We never came in for for, for Jack Grealish. But it's like um, going to Man City and winning your first trophy and winning trophies in Man City is like losing your virginity to a prostitute. It, it, it doesn't mean anything because they're, they're a club that haven't got much history. Um, they've only really been relevant for 10 years and they've just bought everything that they've got. Um, they, they, they don't have that background and, and obviously you can argue that everyone's got to start somewhere but basically they just ended up with with Saudi money ended up buying everybody and then went on and won the league it's a tailor-made club to go and win the league how about Jack Grealish go to to a club that are that are obviously better than Aston Villa but maybe struggling a little bit and he could take um, full credit for putting them back on their perch that could be a Manchester United that could even be a Liverpool because Liverpool won one league title I wouldn't say they're back on their perch because after winning that one league title and that one Champions League Liverpool went back to exactly where they were um, before Jurgen Klopp was there or at least even when Jurgen Klopp first came in as a manager so Liverpool and Manchester United are, are, are two teams Liverpool especially haven't been overly relevant for for 31 years other than 
winning a cup competition here and here and there and one league title, two Champions League to their credit. And Manchester United, no Premier League since 2013. If he could go there and make a big difference at Manchester United, he would be a club legend. There's no club legend status in Manchester City. They're already winning everything. They just can't win the Champions League. And if they do win the Champions League this season, I don't think anybody's going to be turning around and saying, oh, the difference was Jack Grealish. Because Jack Grealish is just one of many players they've got playing in the same position. So for me, I don't understand the move. I can understand going to Barcelona. I can understand going to Real Madrid. I can understand going to to Italy and trying to reestablish the the dominance uh, of um, of Juve because Juve dom- dominated for so many years. I can understand going over to to Bayern Munich. Obviously, all of these clubs weren't weren't in for him uh, because of the FIFA Fair Play regulations. But the two moves I don't understand in world football at the moment, especially for players like uh, Jack Grealish, would be to go to Paris Saint-Germain or, or Manchester City. These are two clubs that are just basically bulked up with money. They're trying to buy their trophies and um, there's just no glory there. And obviously you're in, you're in there surrounded by all of the other players that they bought with their money as well. So you're joining up with an Mbappe and a Neymar. It's, it's, it, to me, it feels a bit soulless. To me, it's not too far away from what people were complaining about with the Super League. So I, I certainly wouldn't want to go in to... Yes, with Manchester City, you're guaranteed to win things. But it's not going to be because of you. It's not going to be because you've come in and changed anything and been a major influence. We, with Jack Grealish going into Man- Manchester United and Manchester United suddenly winning things, a massive emphasis will be put on Jack Grealish. Um, the same way the emphasis will be put on Varane if he goes there. They'll say, oh, that was the final piece of the jigsaw that fixed Manchester United's defence. Or they'll say Jaden Sancho made such a difference with his X number of assists or Y number of goals because before that Manchester United weren't winning anything. These are players that will be credited for making a difference if there is a different outcome at the end of the season. If Manchester City win the league, they're not going to turn around and say it's because of Jack Grealish because they won the league anyway. If they win the Champions League, they might say something, but how close were they last season? They, they had the Champions League in their hand. They should have won that game. It was their manager, this, this, this tactical genius who really isn't, this checkbook manager that's only ever won things because he went to Barcelona and he had Messi doing everything for him. And then he left Barcelona, went to Bayern Munich and won a couple of league titles, which anybody could win. I could win the league managing Bayern Munich. And then he went to Manchester City and opened this checkbook up again. I mean, the guy signed about 57 left backs since he's been there. So... I'm not a fan of the move. I don't think it's the right move. I think it's not going to improve Jack Grealish at all. There's almost this wrongful, automatic assumption that as soon as you go and play under the wing of Pep Guardiola, you immediately improve as a player. Where's the definitive evidence of players improving under Guardiola? Because he signs ready-made talents. Manchester City are a team who spent £100 million pounds on a state of a state on the state of the art academy. £100 million on their academy. Do you know how many players have come through and have been starters for Manchester City? One in 10 years. Phil Foden is the only player that Manchester City have scouted and, and built and got out of their academy that's actually got into their first team. Yeah, there's been a couple of players that they've sold uh, over to European clubs that have gone on and played at a higher level um, from Manchester City's academy. But one player, 
one homegrown player in 10 years has come out of that fucking academy and ended up playing for Manchester City because this manager can only buy and work with ready-made talents. This ain't a genius. This is a guy who, who can't win the Champions League despite the fact he should have won about seven or eight Champions League with the teams and players that he's had. He's been able to constantly buy everybody that he's wanted to. At least he had some some decency, some policy where he didn't want to go out and pay a hundred million for players because he didn't want to blow the wage budget. Yeah, he could freely spend 60, 70 million all the time, but he drew the line that's going over 80, 90 million. Well, that's not the case anymore. There's nothing credible that you can say about about Manchester City and Pep Guardiola when they go and blow a hundred million for, for, for Jack Grealish. They, they are buying everything that they go on the win, and that will be the accusation that's thrown at him. And I'm just surprised that Jack Grealish wanted to leave his boyhood club to be a part of that, especially in, in that interview, he's quoting all of the other talents that he wants to be around. Mate, the best players play in your fucking position. So how do you think you're all going to play? You're not going to play De Bruyne and Sterling and you and Foden and Mares and Gundogan and and Gabriel Jesus all at the same time. You can't all be on the pitch. You're going to need to play some defenders. Like the back four at Manchester City at this point in time picks itself. So I don't understand how how this is going to work out for, for, for Jack Grealish. I don't know how Phil Foden will feel about this. Just getting, um, just starting to get, you know, the minutes that he wanted for the first time last season. And, um, you know, with the, with the departure of David Silva and now Jack Grealish comes in with the number 10 shirt. Obviously he's going to be guaranteed starts with, with just with that number alone. So it's a very confusing one for me. Um, obviously, um, Manchester, Manchester United weren't in for him. Liverpool weren't in for him. I guess the only other club then you're looking at is Chelsea. I mean, Chelsea. Chelsea are crying out for that player. At the moment, they have um, Mason Mount playing in that position. I'm not impressed with Mason Mount. Mason Mount is a player that started ahead of Jack Greenish for England in the Euros. For me, that was a ridiculous decision uh, to put Mason Mount in to leave Jack Grealish on your bench. Ma- Mason Mount doesn't have that creativity. Mason, Mason Mount is a hard-working box-to-box midfielder, but what does he provide you with? Does he get you a lot of goals? Does he get you a lot of assists? Does he get you a lot of um, assists before the assists, the pass before the assists? I forget what that was called uh, because I don't care because it was some ridiculous thing that was introduced for the Copa America. It's ridiculous like... Um, the American stat of expected goals that, that people put so much weight into. But but but, but what, did, what does Mason Mount do for you? I mean, Greenish could have gone to a Chelsea. I think going anywhere else would have been beneath him. I mean, Tottenham are a bigger club than Villa, but are they big enough for Jack Greenish to actually leave Villa? Other than that, you'd be looking at um, foreign football. But um, yeah, for, for me, I, I'm not even sure about the valuation of Grealish here. When you're looking at a, a Jaden Sancho going for 72 million, he's proven in the Champions League. He's proven in the Bundesliga. He's got a ton of assists and goals on a consistent basis. Um, but I wouldn't argue if Grealish had moved closer to that price. The, the 100 million, I mean, there was a point where obviously Neymar moved for, for double that, but there was a different climate. With this COVID climate, transfer transfer prices have gone down. And um, 100 million at the moment is a hell of a lot of money. I think 100 million would be um, 
150 million outside of COVID time. So 100 million at the moment has gone back to being a lot of money, which is crazy to say at one point it wasn't. Um, but when we signed Paul Bogba for, for 90 million, 90 million was, was 90 million. Um, Paul Pogba, with that 90 million that we signed Pogba for then, would be 60 million now, if that makes sense, because the market has gone down with people having less money. So there's less, there's less asking prices, if that, if that all makes sense to you. But, um, but yeah, for, for me, he's, he's not that, he's not that, his valuation should not be higher than Sancho. Sancho's, Sancho has got end product. Sancho's got what Manchester United need at their club, which is the ability to beat a player and, uh, and, and get the ball in where it needs to and the, and the ability to, to beat a man and get a shot off and maybe score a goal. I mean, that is something that, that Grealish doesn't have. Grealish doesn't have blistering pace. Grealish has blistering skills and can do things and can open up a defence. But at the same time, so can James Madison. James Madison, at least there isn't, for me, there isn't a massive difference between the two. There's a lot of stuff that Grealish does a lot better than Madison. But there's stuff that Madison does better than Jack Grealish in terms of when you're comparing the two. I think if you're looking at the two players, you'd be looking at Jack Grealish being more of a Paul Gascoigne and James Madison being more of a, a David Beckham. Now, I'm not comparing him to David Beckham in terms of um, marketability and, and what he's done, but in terms of striking a dead ball, putting a, a ball into the box, um, J- James Madison is very, very good and he's better at Jack Grealish at doing that. Jack Grealish is, is a skillful player who can open up a defence and um, a, and that's what he's best at. There's, there's no... There's no amount of um, there's no huge goal scoring record that comes along with Jack Grealish like there isn't for 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 James Madison. But to value James Madison at the moment in the market at around about 40, 40 to fifty million pounds, and looking at Jaden Sancho for seventy two and Jack Grealish for a hundred million, that doesn't that doesn't sit right with me. Um, that doesn't that doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. But um, this is what they've paid. This is what's happened. And we'll see what happens throughout the course of the season. Um, your EPL previews are coming next week. This is the reason why we wait to do those. Because obviously if we'd done a, um EPL preview and Jack Grealish wasn't at Manchester City, everything would be priced up differently. Um, I think Manchester United may be done in the transfer market now with Varane and, Varane and Sancho. Rumours of Kieran, Tipper, Kieran Trippier coming in. But no, uh, no movement on a striker. So we're not going to be seeing the likes of a Haaland coming in or Ronaldo returning. I think the big transfer that we're waiting for that may change the how the Premier League goes this season is Romelu Lukaku to Chelsea because they're the Champions League winners and they did it without a striker. Now if you're adding 25, got 25 league goals to your team and um, possibly 35 to 40 goals overall by signing Romelu Lukaku, I'm talking about all competitions, that makes Chelsea a completely different team because he's not Timo Werner, he's not going to take four or five chances to score the goal. This isn't even the Romelu Lukaku that left Manchester United. This is a completely different player. When you're um, putting false credit onto Pep Guardiola and praising him for things he didn't really do. Look at what Antonio Conte did to this player. This player is a player that had terrible ball control and all he could do was was score tappings and headers. Now Romelu Lukaku can score goals from outside the box. Now Romelu Lukaku can run at players and beat them. Now Romelu Lukaku's control is perfect. Now Romelu Lukaku is making assists for people. This is a different player. This is a complete player. This is a player that's worth the 100 million that Chelsea may pay for him. So he went to Manchester United for 75, left Manchester United for 73, and is now coming back to the Premier League for 100 million. And that's in the current climate where you don't pay that much to players. So I would say the real market value for 
Romelu Lukaku now would be maybe closer to 140. So he's nearly doubled his value by going to Inter Milan for two years. And that credit needs to be given to Antonio Conte. That's real credit, but you can see a real improvement from playing under Conte compared to what you can see under Guardiola, who's just unbelievable. He was just um, unanimously praised without any real evidence. Um, if somebody wants to let me know a player that has 100% improved under Pep Guardiola and has gone from rags to riches, and I'm not saying well, that's what's happened to Lukaku, I wouldn't say he was rags um, and now he's riches because he was signed for 73 million players, but the imp- 73 million pounds, uh, but the improvement is is ridiculous. Um, I don't see that with anybody under Pep Guardiola. If somebody wants to point out to me, and you, and you cannot say Raheem Sterling, I know that's going to be the one that you go to. I don't see how Raheem Sterling has massively improved. He had all that potential from Liverpool anyway. He moved for massive money. He was massively influential the season before he came when you had um, Luis Suarez at Liverpool and Raheem Sterling. He already had a good season and then he transferred over that transferred that over to Manchester City how can you say there's been monumental improvements under Pep Guardiola so I'm not going to accept Raheem Sterling so let me know um, if there's any other players that you think that Pep Guardiola has massively improved that are comparable to what Antonio Conte has done to this very different version of Romelu Lukaku who will make a massive difference if he moves to Chelsea in the Premier League so let's move on to the games here that we want to cover. Uh, we're going to look at both of these Olympic finals. The USA are out. Um, I'm sort of happy about that because I hate this US women's team and didn't want to see them winning this competition. But at the same time, we did actually take money on it. So um, that was a little bit disappointing. This The final here is Sweden versus Canada. Canada don't deserve to be here because that penalty they got against USA was, was no way a penalty. That is something that VAR needs to sort. They need to sort out the rules here to stop giving penalties like that. Um, it was pretty embarrassing. Uh, Canada weren't even appealing for it. The girl wasn't even appealing for the kick and um, it was given and they're the type of penalties. When nobody's asking for it, you shouldn't be giving penalties. Um, that kind of proves how ridiculous that decision was. But it was the decision that put USA out of the tournament. In the semi-final, we have Sweden versus Canada tomorrow. It's Sweden available here on the money line at 10 to 11 minus 110. It's 2 to 1 on the draw and it's 4 to 1 on the Canadians. The lift the trophy price is Sweden at 1 to 2 and Canada at 13 to 8. I feel Sweden will end up nicking this game. Both of these two teams have been very, very good defensively throughout this tournament, so I'm not expecting a ton of goals. Neither are the books, which is why the under here is priced up at 1 to 2 for under 2.5 goals. I would feel confident playing the under two goals here at minus 110. So it's 10 to 11 uh, for over two and 10 to 11 for under two. This pushes if the game produces two goals. It loses if there's three and it wins if the game is just decided by a single goal. I feel the game will be decided by a single goal. And I think Sweden are going to be the team that get that goal. The reason why I'm expecting a tight, a tight game is the statistical data. It's a final anyway, so you can expect these things to be tight. But um, 
I think it's also going to be tight because the statistical data supports it being tight. On the last show, I correctly predicted the USA game against Mexico will go under, and I told you it would be a nil-nil draw. Don't be surprised to see a nil-nil draw here. The Swedish team have been strong defensively throughout the tournament, and um, the Canadian attack has been pretty stagnant as well. Uh, But on the defensive side, Canadians are no slouch. They kept out the USA in the last game. Despite the fact they scored a controversial goal, USA never really looked like scoring a part from a, a couple of balls into the box that they got headers onto and uh, this Canadian team have conceded just three goals in the entire Olympic Games so under two goals would be the play here for me at minus one at minus 110 10 to 11 and I side with Sweden on the money line to get the winning goal in this game so it may be worth having a little stab on the 1-0 win as well that is available at 6-1 to one here in this one Moving on to the men's final here between Brazil and Spain, the final that we all wanted and we get it here on Saturday. Brazil are the 13 to 8 favourites here. It's 15 to 8 to draw and it's 19 to 10 on Spain with Brazil at 4 to 5 to lift the trophy and Spain available at 10 to 11. So it's a toss up in terms of who wins it overall. But on the money line market, you do have Brazil as the favourites, the clearer favourites here. Um, I do think Brazil could get this done in the 90 minute period. Spain have now played extra time in both of their knockout games. Brazil are unbeaten in these Olympics, in these Olympics, winning four and drawing one. And uh, there have been under two and a half goals in four of Spain's matches and in three of Brazil's. So as this is a final, I do think that this will go under. And I think once again, like the last game, we have the statistical data there to support an under. Spain have been involved in cagey games where they've had a lot of the ball. That's exactly how I said their game would go against um, against Japan, but I'm not going to take too much credit for my semi-final picks because I got the Brazil game completely wrong because I said that would be a wide-open game between two teams with Brazil winning a shootout. There's certainly no shootout there. What there was is a game where Brazil had to win the game via penalties after dominating the game for large periods. They could not break through against Mexico. Mexico produced a performance I was not expecting, a defensive performance with men behind the ball, making themselves difficult to break down. That wasn't consistent with what they've done throughout the tournament, but that can sometimes happen when you come up against different opposition, opposition that you feel that are inferior to you, that you don't want to go toe-to-toe if you do something different. And as I said in my uh, predictions if they do go toe-to-toe with this team and the game plays out as um, the other games have done in the tournament Brazil would win that shootout and perhaps Mexico felt the same way but we were very very right with the Spain game it was a cagey game it was a game where Spain dominated the ball and could not break down Japan I think we could see a similar type of game here I'm not expecting a lot of goals but again there's not too much value on the under the under two like we took in the last game is available at four to five and uh, the over two is available at even so if you think it's going to be decided by a single goal like I do then probably take that it would not surprise me to see a single goal to sign it but a nil-nil would also not surprise me either Um, but in the end I think Spain are going to tire and I think the advantage lies with Brazil I'm going to take Brazil to end up lifting the trophy and winning this tournament available at four to five I think for me that's the safest way to bet this 
Um, don't be surprised to see a penalty shootout here. The game is 5-1 to one to go to penalty. So that could be as a result of this 0-0 or maybe even a one all in normal time and then um, a traditionally cagey period of extra time after that. So I think it's worth having a little sprinkle on the penalties. We've been successful for that when we've reached out and said that that would be a possibility before. Um, we had very, very good run with cashing penalty shootouts in the Euros in terms of games going there. Um, over two and a half penalty shootouts is what I predicted for the tournament. And of course, we had Italy to win the final on penalties at 12 to 1. That was a pick that was given out here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. So um, not sure who wins that shootout. But hopefully it'll be Brazil because we're picking them as the tournament winner here. And um, the game to go to penalties, uh, have a little sprinkle on that, which is available at five to one. So that concludes the Olympic finals. One more game I'm going to look at here. Um, the Community Shield at the weekend. It's supposed to mark the start of the Premier League season. Well, at least it used to. Um, teams don't take it as seriously anymore. We do see a little bit. We do see too many fringe players. I don't expect to see too many players coming back from the Euros here. So we are going to see quite a few fringe players here but we will see some of the first teamers that didn't go to the Euros so Leicester definitely will be playing James Madison and Jamie Vardy and perhaps that does make them a good underdog play here they're five to two on the money line it's 13 to five to draw and it's even money on Manchester City with Leicester at nine to four to win this trophy uh, and Manchester City available at one to three there's no real value there out on Manchester City. They had a lot of players that went through to the Euros. Now, the players that had earlier exits, like a, a Ruben Diaz, for example, he may be able to play. But a John Stones, I can't see him playing in this game. A Laporte, I can't see him playing in this game. Carl Walker, I can't see him playing in this game. Raheem Sterling, I can't see playing in this game. De Bruyne uh, went out in the quarterfinals. Maybe he'll play, maybe he won't. Um, Gabriel Jesus, not too sure. I'm just not too sure what this Manchester City team looks like. And I know what the Leicester team's going to look like. It's going to be strong. There's not a lot of players that went to the Euros. I just mentioned Madison Vardy. They didn't go. Uh, when you're looking at um, Indeedy, he didn't He didn't go to the Euros. We're looking at Tielemans. Uh, like I said with De Bruyne, he went out in the quarterfinals. Perhaps he can play uh, some, some minutes here. Maybe he comes on. Maybe he starts and comes off. But I do think Leicester are going to have far more first-team players here than, than Manchester City will. So for me, they're a worthwhile play here as an underdog. It's easy to take Manchester City. It's easy to take Manchester City on the money line until you try and factor in who's going to actually play this game. Now, I've looked at the Manchester City team that they played in a friendly a couple of days ago against Blackpool. We had um, Stefan in goal. Joe Cancelo played at right back. Ruben Diaz played at centre-back with Nathan Ake, with Mendy playing at left-back. Fernandinho is available. Rihad Mahrez did play and scored in that game. Uh, then they had a player called Palmer playing in midfield with Gundogan, um, Edozi and Knight playing up front. Uh, on the subs bench, Manchester City gave some time to Bernardo Silva and there isn't any other teams that I recognise here. So you can imagine Bernardo Silva will come into this team and he will play in a position either occupied by Palmer and Adozi. So then you're looking at the team that I mentioned with Bernardo Silva 
in it. Um, maybe we could see some minutes here for, for Jack Grealish at the weekend. I very much doubt it. But yeah, I, I just don't know what this Manchester City team is going to look like. If I look up the the last team that Leicester put out for their last friendly, which was the home game against Villarreal, which they won by three goals to two, they put out a very strong lineup, a team lineup that they could start on the first day of the Premier League season. Kasper Schmeichel in goal. Fofana and Sionku were the centre backs, but Fofana came off injured. Your full backs were Bertrand and Ricardo Pereira, who's back in midfield. This is strong. Uh, Tielemans did play in that game with Ndidi, with Iosi Perez and Harvey Barnes out wide. James Madison played behind Jamie Vardy. And um, then you have the usual Leicester bench. So this was a team. Uh, this was a game where they took it seriously against Villarreal and won that game. Um, they also gave some time to the new signing, Patson Dacca, who's a striker who's coming from RB Salzburg. And I think he's going to be a decent purchase. So I'm going to go for, for Leicester. They're going to have the stronger players out there. I also think it will mean more to them. I don't know if Pep Guardiola really cares about winning Community Shields. Obviously, he wants to win everything that he's in. But this isn't really a real trophy. And uh, Leicester City fans, coming back to Wembley where they won the FA Cup I think they'll want to win this trophy and I think that's what we could see I'm not guaranteeing we're going to see it but at this underdog price here to lift this trophy at the weekend it's well worth a punt when one team are going to have their first team out there and have had a better pre-season with their players being mostly there not as disjointed as Manchester City's pre-season where they've only really come together in the last few weeks I'm going to go for Leicester as the underdog to lift the community shield at the weekend also, I'm going to this game, so make sure you check out my Twitter. That's at SGP Soccer, at SGP Soccer. I did not really plug my stuff at the top of the show, so I'm going to do it here at the end. There is no better time to sign up for my service, lockbetting.com. We have delivered our clients 98 months of transparent track profit. We are now looking for our 99th month in a row and we'll be looking for 100 months in September. So a 100th month, that's over eight years of transparent track profit. If you look at the um, pin tweet at the SGP Soccer Twitter account, it's always the previous month. But if you go to lockbetting.com, you can see all of the other months here that have made up these 98 months of transparent track profit. We've had a phenomenal summer. We did really, really well with the Euros. We've had a fantastic Olympics. Uh, success has been mixed with the tennis, which I'm not too worried about because we've been a consistent service with tennis for years. And... Um, with our futures, we've been very, very solid. With women's tennis, I think that's the place where it's become undone. Women's tennis is uh, very, very inconsistent at the moment, and we have lost some of our male profit to the female game. If we took out the WTA and completely ignored it, our ATP results would be phenomenal. So the Olympics, Euro 2020, tennis, it's all been solid. Um, we're back on track with our UFC. We've made a load of money with the WWE. Um, we've still only lost one one-unit play throughout the entire MLB season. So to get involved, head over to lockbetting.com. This is a really, really big month. This is the start of our financial year. The lockbetting.com year runs from August to August. 
So the reason we do that is because August is when we do all of our soccer futures. At the end of August, we do our NFL futures. And the start of September, we do our Champions League futures. So this makes up for a large portion of the annual profit if these futures hit. And so far over the years, they have. In fact, we are over 80% with our futures all time. So you want to sign up at the start of this month to get involved with those. That's lockbetting.com. Sign up now to make sure that you get the most out of August and come along for the 99th month in a row of Transparent Track Profit, or at least hopefully it will be the 99th month in a row if we're successful, and then that will hopefully lead to the 100th month in a row in September, which will be the start of the NFL season. We are just um, five Sundays away now, as you're listening to this, from the start of the NFL season. The best place to get the coverage for that is over on the Sports Gambling Podcast with Ryan and Sean. That's it for me and this particular show. There's lots coming up for me, though, this month. Uh, two editions of the fight show coming up this month. Anthony Joshua returning to the ring. Plus, we have a UFC pay-per-view this weekend. Um, loads of future shows. We're going to be doing Serie A. We're still going to be doing a Bundesliga future show here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. Even though Bundesliga will be moving to LockBetting.com as part of the European show, we're still going to view a future show for La Liga and the Bundesliga here for you. That was decided this week, along with Serie A, which we'll be covering permanently this season, and two EPL previews. But as I said, I waited on those. Um, I was going to do EPL with the Community Shield, but I decided to do Community Shield with the Olympics and all of this additional news concerning Jack Grealish and Messi. And um, as I said, there could still be key transfers over the week. And there's only so long I can wait, um, but I may factor in some things. At the moment, we're looking at Romelu Lukaku moving to Chelsea, and he is the one to twelve. 20 favourites to make that move. That looks like it's pretty much a done deal and that will be massive for Chelsea. We'll talk about that more. We'll talk about the effects of that across the two preview shows we're going to do for the EPL. So two preview shows for the EPL, one for the Bundesliga, one for La Liga, one for Serie A, two fight shows coming this month and uh, the EPL show beginning again from August the 12th with the Serie A show beginning the week after. So much stuff coming here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the show. That's it for me. Good luck with all your bets as always. And thanks for listening.